In 1901, the West was cattle country, and Tulsa was a cow town of 1,200 persons. Broadcasting live from an airstream somewhere in Tornado Alley, bringing you the people, places, and stories from the Panhandle to the Red River. This is your Only in Oklahoma show. And welcome to the show. Oklatober continues. This time we are headed to Tulsa with a great interview with Terry French and the Tulsa Spirit Tours. And lots in store there. Plenty of history to talk about, creepy and otherwise. And coming up a little bit later, a mushroom cloud over Oklahoma. We can't make this up. There's a thousand photos of it. I'm Brett. And I am Harley. <laughs> Did you kill me? I know. Like you... I know. You speed up and then you, you like tack on well, your... I had to put my And little, I'm Brit. I have to put on my signature hi, whatever it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But you know, we spent thirty you remember when we did thirty one days of October and it nearly It nearly killed us. We got we not we weren't married, but we we almost got a divorce over that. You remember that? It was bad. It was brutal. It was it was bad, bad. Okay, so it's infuriatingly difficult <laughs> to work with me to edit one show with you right editing 31 shows back to back right i i'm surprised that i made it that's it was crazy like i should be the the subject of a scary story well i'm looking at our 2018 podcast award for the people's choice i think it was for 2018 i think we won that award because we literally had 31, no one's ever done 31 shows in a row. I don't think anyone can touch us. And they didn't touch us. No, it was, it was a great success after the fact. During? We've come a long way from a People's Choice Award to a complimentary coffee. But we're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say we just jump right into the interview. Well, for the last 20 years, she has been holding it down as this Tulsa Spirit Tour guide and spiritual guide to the netherworld. And we are lucky enough to have Terry French from the Tulsa Spirit World. I mean, Spirit Tours, right here on the Only OK Show. Welcome to the show, finally. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, so Terry, first of all, how did you become the one of the leading Spirit Tour guides in the state, if not the country? <laughs> Where did it all begin? Where did this passion come uh, from? Yeah, I guess just because I've been doing it for so long. Um, yeah, I started 20 years ago and doing the, just the tours, but I actually started before that doing paranormal research. Um, I started one of the first paranormal research teams in Oklahoma, which is called PIT, the Paranormal Investigation Team of Tulsa. And back then, um, you know, I always quoted as, uh, it was, you know, before it was as seen on TV. Mm -hmm. And so it was very easy to get into places. You could talk to somebody, talk to them about their history and investigate the place. It was very simple. And people were like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Because it wasn't, you know, the everyday thing on TV right. every day like it is today. So it was, it was fun. It was, it was uh, definitely a time of exploring. So how did you get interested in the, in the subject? Well, I was always interested in it. Um, Showing my age a little bit, but I grew up watching, you know, Alfred Hitchcock, Twilight Zone, stuff like that, and I was always very fascinated by the stories. Um, my grandfather was a war hero. I traveled around with him and watched him tell stories, so I kind of think it's in my blood to be a storyteller a little bit. <laughs> I worked at a place that was haunted back in the late 90s, and I knew 
just from having this fascination with the afterlife and ghosts and what have you, I knew that what was happening at the place I worked was definitely paranormal. <laughs> and some really bizarre things were just occurring at this place that I worked. And so it made me look a little bit farther into the paranormal world. And that's when I found out people actually do investigate the paranormal. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I looked online. There wasn't anybody locally. Um, the closest people I could find were in Dallas, Texas. And it was a couple of guys. They had a message board that was full of amazing information. And it was stuff that was way over my head, like quantum physics, and just really deep into the science of it. I learned so much off of them. And then next thing you know, there's a couple other teams popping up in Oklahoma. And I just met up with them in Oklahoma City and the rest is history. Well, you know, so much of the parent you talk about as seen on TV, I think <laughs> one thing that's happened with, there's a lot of things that have been kind of, the magic has been diminished. I don't mean to use magic, but TV Saturated. has really, oh, well, I was going to say castrated, but we were going to have to beep that out. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> How do you castrate a ghost? I don't know. Echoplasm? <laughs> I don't know what it is. Anyway. Um, no, I was no, saturated. Wait, oh, I thought you said, ca- I thought you said castrated. <laughs> oh, I wondered yes, why she laughed. Yes. I was like, why did she laugh at saturated? Anyway, I don't know. Can we leave castrated in? Is that a word we can say on the internet anymore? I don't know. I don't think so. We're we're of the age where there's a lot of things we can't say anymore, and that may right. be one of them. But it's so oversaturated, and there's so much of it that is we got to make we got to make results happen. We have For to have rating. we've got to we have to have evidence. We got to you know we got to pull the strings, mm-hmm. and we got to you know what I mean. And I think I early, well, I remember twenty 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 five years ago where you may get a ghost hunting show. Late at night on TLC or A and E, it wasn't something that was everywhere. So there was still a little bit of that allure to the paranormal. With all, you still had one, you still had For tons sure. of questions and no real way. To, like you said, when you first got started, there was no, par, you know, no paranormal teams in the in the Oklahoma or maybe one or two scattered out. But you really had to seek out that type of the, those groups. Mm-hmm. It was hard because the um, you know the internet was kind of coming oh, up yeah, too, for real. so everything was also new. Do you want to know what the first um, thing? Well, do you want to know what the first thing I looked up on the internet was? What? Where is Ralph Macchio? <laughs> True story. Now he's everywhere. You know, I don't have to look far to find where Ma- Ralph Macchio is. Nope. I met him in Tulsa <laughs> once, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, the internet. It, you know, like you said, the and even then, the the information on things like that was really thin because it was mm-hmm. still kind of taboo. Even you know what I mean. So, sure. and most yeah. of us grew up with Ghostbusters, and that was kind of our extent of paranormal investigation. But mm-hmm. how do you go from being paranormal investigator to being a spirit, uh, basically, a, I'm, you're a spirit guide. I mean, because if you're if you're an expert <laughs> in both fields, title. you're really kind of guiding people through a the history, which God, there's so much down there. I mean, just mm-hmm. in the art district for crying out loud. But I mean, right. how do you transition from that to being? Do you just go, hey, can I get a per- a permit to do ghost tours down here, or how does that work? Well, so um, I was getting all this information. We were getting a lot of history and information on these places that we were investigating, like the Tulsa Theater, formerly Brady Theater, Haynes Ballroom, Tulsa Little Theater, Tulsa Garden Center. I mean, we were getting into places that, you know, have never been investigated, the Gilcrease House, for one. And I'm here to say that's the most haunted house in Tulsa. 
And we were pretty much the only people ever allowed to investigate it. Going through these places and learning the history and doing the investigations, one of my girlfriends one year just says, you know, you've learned so much about the history and the hauntings and the ghost stories, you should do a ghost tour. And I said, you know, that's not a bad idea because this equipment is getting very expensive. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, kind of talked to the team and I said, let's do this all together, all of us do this. I said, the money we make will help us afford some cool equipment. And that's kind of how it all got started. And I did one in, on Halloween in 2003. I had absolutely no intentions of doing any more. We were kind of just going to do one to raise money for some really cool stuff. And uh, my phone kind of rang off the hook incessantly after that. People asking me when the next one was. And I'm proud to say it's 20 years to now this year. So. You've actually written several books in relation to ghosts in Oklahoma. Is that right? Well, I've written one book regarding the hauntings, which is Tulsa's Haunted Memories, and that was in 2010 through Arcadia Publishing. And uh, my other books are about things to do in Oklahoma. Oh, hang on a second. Things to do in, there's 100 Things to Do in Tulsa Before You Die. Now, that came out in 2020, right at the height of the pandemic. <laughs> it probably should have been called 100 Things You Can't Do Right Now If You Survive. Um, but <laughs> everybody was home reading, which is a good thing. <laughs> So it did make a bestsellers list in June of that year. I was proud of that. Well, we're similar. And then, we're similar in that <laughs> regard because we're an internet uh, show about things to do in Oklahoma if you have internet. You can listen <laughs> right. to our show. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. Go ahead. Finish what and you're then, saying. Um, my 100 Things to Do in Oklahoma Before You Die was set to release on the 15th of October, but I actually got an email today from the publisher that it's ready to go. So oh. They are putting mine in the mail to me and... The next day or two, so I should have that available very quickly. <laughs> My question about your 100 things to do in Oklahoma before you die. The only in Oklahoma show, uh, Brett, Brett and Harley, we've done 250 <laughs> episodes of places, things to do in Oklahoma. So I'm wondering how you pared down your 250 list right. that you started with to <laughs> 100. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it, was it like, you know, the episodes that you liked Brett's voice the most on? Are they oddly or? similar? Was, are they it. oddly similar is what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> so here we That's are, funny. 20 years later, you you went in to do one, and you ended up with two. Now you've got, you know, I was kind of looking at your rev reviews. Everyone has something great to say. You've got, I, I saw a review there said, I've been at, they've been to, Spirit walks all over the country, and yours by far is the best. What? Oh, I know that would warm my heart. I know it, right? I was like, man, this. Is, why haven't I been here? Because I'm scared of Tulsa. I watch too much news. Um, I'm scared to be in downtown after dark. Maybe that's part you of it. But forty-eight hours. Yeah, I've watched. Yeah, the first forty-eight. You, see, everybody <laughs> yeah, knows. You, Tulsa's been on way too many episodes of the first forty-eight. Way, way too many. Yeah. <laughs> I've maybe, I agree. Yeah, I've, I've probably binged it enough to know how many times. But my question... And one of those homicide detectives, she's actually a regular. In are my you serious? Classes. She comes on my tours. She, she's, she's, in, um, she's in touch with me all the time. So it's really cool because she's got such a high-pressure, you know, stress job. And yeah. she gets around such weird energy. You know, she has weird things happen to her. I feel, I feel bad for her sometimes, but she's super cool. So being somebody with your hand on the pulse of the paranormal and the history of Tulsa, you know, and a lot of the history has been highlighted in recent years with, you know, the stories coming out about, you know, the Brady Theater and 
things happening mm-hmm. on Black Wall Street and things like that. Have you uncovered new material kind of along the way as those things have kind of presented themselves? Is it hard to kind of not go over the same things or you find yourself kind of adding some some new into the old as well? It is hard after 20 years not to kind of regurgitate the same stuff I've been saying for a while. Uh, I've been talking about the race riot massacre since I started these tours 20 years ago. And when I first started talking about it, I had people that were like, no, no, that Mm -hmm. never happened. And the people were shocked. And I was shocked at how very little people knew. And the city didn't like it. I still to this day don't have any support from them. They support other foundations and their tours, but uh, they actually recently took me off of all their Visit Tulsa stuff. I was on there. Wow. And um, one of the ladies that used to work for them was really awesome. She would bring business my way. She would actually tell conferences coming in, you know, we have a girl that does haunted history. And people were like, oh, yeah, let's do that. So, you know, there's there's a need for it. And people coming into our city want that kind of thing. Yeah. And she was she was really awesome. But then she got laid off uh, during COVID when everything was shut down. And then some new people have taken over and they took me off of everything. The thing about what you do is it's it's great when the town will embrace you and say, here, come try this, taste this, experience this. Mm-hmm. But the Grapevine newsletter is probably your strongest promotional yeah. ally, honestly. And it, and it speaks mm-hmm. for itself. And then, you know, Thank you. Uh, again, after 20, 20 years, you know, you talking about t- telling us some of the same stories again. Is there a particular story that you tell that kind of has stuck with you more that, so than others? Some that you're a little bit more attached, you know, one that you're more a little, little bit more attached to? The downtown, you know, arts district is definitely the area I love to concentrate on. And it is where a lot of most of our history comes from. And it isn't pleasant, um, even yeah. on my on a pub crawl, I talk about an event that happened in Tulsa prior to the race riot massacre called the Tulsa Outrage. Mm-hmm. And it's another thing that very little people know about our city. And it's another very ugly thing about the city. But it doesn't reflect how we are today as a society by any means. It, you know, you go into certain business buildings around Tulsa. I was recently in the surgery center over there. And uh, you see pictures of the Gilcrease everywhere. Mm-hmm. Give us a little bit of a back for it, so those playing along at home that may or may not know very much or little about uh, the Gilcrease. Well, um, the house that sits on the property was built like back in the early 1918, I believe. And it was built by a gentleman named Flowers Nelson. And he was an attorney here in Tulsa. And he was building it for him and his beloved wife, uh, fiance at the time. Sorry, her name was Carrie. And it was said that she died a very tragic sudden death during the construction of the home. And, and, you know, he couldn't bear to live there without her. And so it said that Thomas Gilcrease just happened to be driving by, well, you know, day after Christmas and walked up, made an offer, and he sold it to him. Now, that house is actually made out of sandstone, which is taken right out of the Gilcrease home, which is one of the reasons I believe it to be haunted. Sandstone has a magnetic energy in it, much like quartz that you put in a wash. So we believe that the contents of that house, what it's built with, could be one of the reasons it's haunted. But, you know, there's nothing really tragic that ever happened there. Thomas lived there with his first wife, a couple of kids. He had a second wife who was 19 years younger than him. <laughs> she was Oklahoma's wow. Miss, uh, yeah, she's Miss Oklahoma, or she's Oklahoma's Miss America, 
the second one, I believe. I'm a little rusty on my history there, but so she may have been yeah, the first very, trophy wife. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he was a little bit of a playboy there. <laughs> they didn't marry for very long. They were in that house for about five years. She moved her mom in. <laughs> She's company three the crowd. And mm-hmm. mom liked to have these lavish parties in this house. And apparently he was kind of a quiet man and didn't like all the attention and kicked them both out and they moved to Missouri. <laughs> Um, and he just traveled extensively. He had, you know, a huge art collection that he started there with the museum and traveled the world extensively, leased out the house quite a bit and eventually moved back into it. And then I think it was in 63, he died of a heart attack inside the home. So nothing really super tragic, you know, happened there. But the stories that come out of that place are phenomenal. <laughs> you know, it's just insane some of the things that actually have happened to us and um, happened to different uh, night watchmen. They have a very, very high turnover of night watchmen there. The stories we've heard were just, you know, some of the, some of the ones that they told us were just incredible. So let me ask you this: mm-hmm. and as a paranormal investigator, that slash tells the not only tells the spookies, tells the story on locations like this. Yes, because now there's a, such an oversaturation of paranormal investigators. They're not looking at like looking at you like a bunch of kooks when you show up. Mm-hmm. Are you right. gra- are you granted carte blanche in situations like this with the Gilcrease, or do you have to go some through some special? You know, are you are you on a first name basis with the care caretakers? How does that work? I when used you're- to be. <laughs> I didn't realize yeah, we but had the saturation yeah. of paranormal investigators have really ruined that. They really have because the and you know I put that information out there of the places that were haunted around town. So oh yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you didn't bury the lead, and now everybody everybody knows where to go. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, so, uh, you know, some of the businesses get bothered now, which I don't yeah. like, you know, and people look at it as a novelty, and we never did that. We were very serious, very dedicated, and we wanted answers or evidence. So, so. as a paranormal investigator, <laughs> I know each group that I've encountered, they've got, you know, it's literally like Ghostbusters. You've got the scientist. You've got the... <laughs> The skeptic, you've got, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where would you align your, are you, do you have a fair amount of skepticism or is it, is it a case by case basis? Where do you find yourself more, are you a sensitive? What are, who are you? Who are you, Terry, besides a, a pot stirrer? I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you know, I am a little sensitive. So okay. I do, I have had experiences. I bring things home all the time. You know, in the grand scheme of things, I have become so much more of a skeptic than I was in the beginning. I mean, I would hear every little squeak I heard, I just knew it was a ghost. Right. <laughs> so I've learned, you know, all those years of doing this, I've actually learned how to, differ, you know, tell what was paranormal and what was or what might be. And I've learned so much <laughs> over those years. And I, I do have a ghost hunting 101 class because I really do wish somebody would have taught me that stuff. It would have saved me a lot of money and a lot of time. <laughs> You know, there are a lot of small towns that have things like this and they have a lot of history. And so having a ghost tour in a town where, you know, you have a relatively small downtown area, it makes, you know, it makes sense. You could do a walking tour and you can cover all the places. Yeah, and talk 90 about minutes, all the right. How do you do that in Tulsa? Because Tulsa is ridiculously large. It's dense. <laughs> I have several different tours, so I concentrate on different areas. So, like, my haunted bus tour, we go, you know, and concentrate on, like, VFW and the American Legion, two places that are very haunted. 
and I pay them. So they're giving, you know, they're getting donations to, for our veterans at the same time from tour, you know, proceeds. Um, I did that starting, I do different themes every year, kind of in a sense, and I keep that theme for a few years. Like when I, when Tulsa Spirit Tours turned 16 is when I started doing the, the tours that kind of centered around naval history and the VFW and all that kind of stuff because uh, my grandfather, who was a war hero, and I remember when I was 16 years old, I got to travel the United States with him while he sold his book and talked to people and did conferences and air shows and all this stuff. And so, yeah, so that's why I kind of keep that theme for about three to five years and then I change it up. So like next year, Tulsa Spirit Tours turns 21, so I think I might just do a, a pub crawl on the bus. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's a good idea. You know, so, so I other, do try to change it up. That makes perfect sense to me. I was wondering how you tackle, you know, Tulsa's haunted. Let's go see it. <laughs> like, yeah. that, that's a long <laughs> bus ride. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I noticed that you do a lot of classes and workshops and that sort of stuff. What What do you offer on that side? Well, I've also been studying metaphysics for years. I mean, literally probably 30 years on that. I used to, there used to be a little shop at about 75th and Peoria here in Tulsa called the Herbal Glen back in the mid-90s, and I used to read tarot out of that little shop, and the lady that owned it, <clears throat> her name was B. she was wonderful, and she had all these really amazing things in the shop from cards and crystals and, you know, all kinds of stuff, and she had a whole garden out back. Well, her husband died very tragically, got cancer, and it took him real quick, and she was pretty devastated. She wanted me to buy the business. And back then, she offered me the whole house and all its contents for $25,000, which, you know, is probably close to 100000 today, and or seventy-five. And um, I wanted to take it. At the time, my ex-husband was like, no, <laughs> we're not doing that weird, you know, voodoo voodoo stuff. He didn't mm-hmm, get into mm-hmm. it. So um, I That's didn't get that opportunity. That's why he's your ex. <laughs> yes. And so, you know... um, I used to teach classes there, and she said she offered that to me because I drew in the most people. She goes, I didn't offer that to everybody. She goes, but you drew in the most customers with your workshops and readings and stuff. She says, I wanted to offer this to you before I just sell it. And I was, I feel honored that she said that. And I had no idea. She'd never told me that before. I happened to be cleaning out a closet working. Uh, I was getting ready to sell my house cleaning out a closet and ran across those old workshop materials from back in the late 90s. And I thought, oh, I'll try this again if people are loving it. So, yeah, I bring, I do a Metaphysics 101, and I also do, like, an introduction to tarot, dream interpretations, things like that. That's awesome. How long do those last? Like, how does that, how's that laid out? Like, my Ghost Hunting 101 is a five-week class. It's every, you know, one night a week. For five weeks, we discuss different things like EDP, photography, um, doing research on your location, and then at the very end, we investigate the location because I usually teach it at a haunted place. Awesome. And, and then the one, very last class. I, I was going to say each one of those is like a different length, obviously. They're not all set. About two hours, yeah. About two hours a week and just little evening classes. Um, metaphysics. Metaphysics 101 is the same way, just evening classes, you know, a couple hours of night where I discuss, you know, different facets of the tarot, major arcana, minor arcana, and what, you know, each one of the symbols means, swords, and stuff like that. Well, then, yeah, they're a couple hours long and a couple weeks long. I'd like to spend several weeks kind of 
going over stuff and people are enjoying it. So I like to do this in the winter too, because I'm not doing many tours in the winter, January, February, March. It's just too cold. So um, I like to try to do those classes around that time. So uh, a funny aside, many years ago, Harley and I used to do a podcast called Travel Oddities, where we talked about Hmm. odd locations throughout the country. I'm looking at our uh, People's Choice Podcast Award from 2018. It's been a while. Nice. No, it is nice. It was nice (laughs) five years ago when apparently people cared. But we went to, we were like, hey, let's meet up for lunch. We're gonna. We were gonna go to a psychic. <laughs> I forgot about that. Okay, <laughs> so uh-huh. we go to the psychic. Now uh, there's a funny. It gets better. We go to the psychic. We go in. She's okay with us recording. She was going to read our cards, wasn't she? Yes. She was going to read our cards. She agreed to do it. But I think when she thought we were going to, I don't know. She thought we were undercover cops. I'm not sure. It, yeah. <laughs> like was, if, as soon as we pulled out the recording she, equipment, she made us sleep. Yeah, I've never been kicked out of a place. Never. Wow. And first of all, if you didn't see us coming already, you're not much of a psychic. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's an. I know that's that's the oldest dad psycho psychic dad joke there is. <laughs> but the funny part is, probably a week later, they they there's a raid. They got busted because apparently <gasps> I didn't know this in the state of Oklahoma and maybe elsewhere as well. You are not, it's illegal to charge mm-hmm. someone. I'm, I don't want to know if you charge anybody because I'm not, don't, you don't have to say anything. I we'll, do. Shh, you're not supposed to charge me. <laughs> anyway, you're, it's according <laughs> I, to some. I don't know what the law is. Well, it's some old Western like snake oil salesman law from the 1800s where you're not supposed to charge somebody for fortune telling. Yeah, I don't remember. Unless you're an ordained minister. Well, I'm a Dudas priest of the Lebowski <laughs> Lutherans. I'm actually, I'm actually an ordained minister, so that I can read in the state of Oklahoma. You know what's funny? You have, to, you have to be an ordained minister to issue or to offer any kind of spiritual. Advice. You're the. I don't know if it's a. When we talk to Jeff Provine next week, I'm going to ask mm-hmm. him if he's an ordained minister because <laughs> Stacy with Guthrie has officiated a few uh, marriages. So I don't know if it's you. Ha- in I order, have two. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's not get too carried away. You got two bachelors <laughs> here that are fighting off people saying, "When are we getting married?" He's seven Uh-oh. years seven years in. Is that right? Ten years. Ten years in and hasn't popped the question. But I'm five years in and I'm I'm under the gun. So the oh. part where you say you can officiate is probably going to be stricken from the record. <laughs> um, but the part that I am interested in is well, how do we... The really cool? Yeah, the really cool part is not the I can get you married. It's I can... I want you to show me demons and like where I can... The best but, places to be possessed in Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> so I recently just started a brand a new company called Edge of Midnight Events mm-hmm. Company. Oh, really? And I plan to host dark weddings. And dark oh. photography and dark couples photography, dark boudoir. I'm going to do burn the dress divorce parties. Golly. <laughs> how, many ex- dark. how many exes do you have? There, you've got a black heart <laughs> for having only mentioned one yeah. ex-husband. I only have two. two. Hey, I think we're, I have two exes. He has yes. six, six, six. No, I was thinking, I was trying to figure out how to tie it into the mark of the beast. Uh, so that, that's why I'm hesitant to get married. I've been married twice. 
Yeah, I've survived both too. of them. I hear you there. Both of my exes are alive, which means they still haunt me in my dreams. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> oh my God, Terry, if we want to get in touch with you, what what's the best mm-hmm. way to figure out when's the tour, where's the tour, which one we want to book? Tell us how to get a hold of you. Um, definitely on my website, TulsaSpiritTours.com, or if you Google Ghost Tours in Tulsa, I'm usually the one that pops up. I've been the one that's been around 20 years, and there are other people around here that are they're starting some ghost tours, which is cool. I'm, I'm, I welcome healthy competition as long as they don't steal my material. Mm-hmm. And uh, my the paranormal stuff is all on me, so you know they right. can have the history that's open to the public. But if they start discussing paranormal stuff that's happened to us on our investigations, we'll have trouble. But <laughs> um, yeah, just my website is the place to get it, and so or Google Tulsa um, Haunted Tours, you'll find me. Now, do you do, um, do you only investigate current locations like Gilcrease and, and historic locations, or can people reach out to you and say, hey, can you come check and see if it's my pipes or if it's my grandparents? <laughs> my washing machine is haunted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping all over the place. Yeah, is yeah. it grandpa or is it, is there a squirrel in the attic? Um, is that people something? I hate it when you tell them there's a squirrel in the attic or that there's, you know. Spoiler alert, you've got rodents. Right? Yeah. So, how do can do you do that as well? or We don't do okay. that too much anymore. We like older, um, abandoned locations, right. uh, historic locations. Yeah, we'll take, I can assemble a team for that, but my team really isn't active in paranormal research much anymore. Mm. Again, it's so saturated yeah. that. You know, I really, we just kind of backed out and just said, have fun, guys, next, let the next generation do it. And they've got all the fancy equipment. I'm not into all the HTV stuff. You oh, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been like 80 TVs lined up and that takes up so much time and you miss a lot of stuff when you have too much equipment to watch. So, um, yeah, I'm just kind of step back from doing that, but we love going into old abandoned. I had a call last week from a lady who bought an old nursing home and she Ooh. thinks it's haunted and, wanted me to go check it out and I'm like, heck yeah, I'll be there. Dude, <laughs> so yeah. I'm working it out with her. So yeah, stuff like that I love checking out. Find so. me an old nursing home that's not haunted and I'll find okay. you a, I'll find you a hundred of them that are. I'll tell you a place I'd like right. to have access to. And we're gonna talk to Jeff Provine about it next week, but Griffin Memorial in Norman. That place mm. when you walk by there, have you been there? Does it have a big fence around it? No. You can literally no. drive up to it. It looks ah. like something out of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm. It, it was an old mental hospital. I guess because it's a historical, considered a historical monument, they have to leave it on the grounds of where the newer hospital is, just, a, just around the corner. It is the, if you ever get a chance to get down to Norman. I haven't been down there. You have to go check this place out. It is so oh, cool. Yeah, yeah it, sure. it seeps creepy. But they quit letting I people bet. go in there because, you know, it's, it's there's a lot. Apart. It's falling apart. Because Jeff mm-hmm. told me they used to have, they used to do tours there. I would pay any amount of money to get inside there. It'd be so cool. But if you ever get a chance mm-hmm. to research that place, I know you're kind of, you're, you're Tulsa bound. But if you ever get a chance, you need to check out Griffin Memorial. If you're talking about old abandoned oh, yeah. places, for sure. Well. With that being I would said. love to. I love old hospitals. They're the oh, best. And dude. I had a surgery at one of the hospitals here um, in Tulsa. I had a tumor removed, and the buzzer kept pushing itself, calling the nurses. And they, I, I, I looked like a needy patient. Yeah. <laughs> that thing was going off every few minutes. 
And I was like, I'm not pressing it, I promise. And they would put in a new one, and it, it would do the same thing. Man. And it was like, and I was telling a friend of it, I was like, this place is haunted. Somebody keeps calling the nurse. And the second I said that, it pressed it and it called the nurse. Yeah, <laughs> I'm done. I'm ch- I'm going to. I I'm love gonna, hospitals. Yeah, I'm going to rehab at home at this point. Uh, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out of here. Are we doing anything special through the month of October? So um, this year on the Haunted Tulsa tour, I'm actually mi- mixing true crime and haunted oh. history. So it'll have a little bit of both for Tulsa. Do you think that the, with the I mean, true crime is like at its peak right now. Do you think right. that probably adds a little bit, adds a little bit more, uh, adds a layer to the tours now because people are so into that? Like one in three people sure. listen to a true crime podcast right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And there are stuff that I've dug up uh, around Tulsa just trying to see if it led to a haunting. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. that kind of gives me that information, which. Sometimes they're haunted, sometimes they're not. Terry, thank you so much for taking the time to be on oh, the show. Thank you guys. It was fun. I know it's like baptizing cats. Uh, <laughs> we apologize. Harley's like, I've got to edit this shit. Shut up. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I think we did better. I think we did better than we expected we were going to do, Harley. I'm doing all right. Yeah, I'm doing all right. You just laugh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what can you do? I'm right? sorry. Terry, thank you for being on the show. Thank you, guys. I had a good time. Terry is a wealth of knowledge. I don't know how she does all the things that she I does. I don't. That I don't either. I'm looking at her website, and like she does classes, she does tours, she writes books. Spirit guide, tour guide, TV guide. I think we talked a little TV in there, too. Possibly. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get it. But again, her website. If you're interested in checking out the spooky side of Tulsa, uh-huh. TulsaSpiritTour.com. And she can probably be found on Spirit Airlines as well. You know what? I'm disappointed at the lack of ghost costumes at Spirit Halloween. There aren't enough. <laughs> like, I miss... <laughs> How do you call yourself Spirit Halloween? And you don't have any ghost costumes at all? Call it Spirit of Halloween if you're going <laughs> to do that. Well, again, great interview. And coming up after the break, weather explosions over Oklahoma. I'm Raven Rollins, and this is my Southern True Crime podcast where I discuss cases from my former hometown. Ada, Oklahoma paints itself as an average community, but its history of murder and corruption runs deeper than any story has ever told. You'll hear plenty of special guests, including authors and experts in their fields, who visit with me on each episode, as well as other cases in the southern states. With notorious and unknown cases alike, every victim sees the light on my show. This is Sirens, a true crime podcast. So, news story from RepublicWorld.com. Mushroom-shaped cloud over Oklahoma resembles scenes from Oppenheimer after heavy storm. The cloud made national news. International news. Because you just named a news source I've never heard of. I've never heard of them either. But apparently this terrifying storm in the shape of a nuclear bomb mushroom cloud was seen hovering over our state. The last time I saw a cloud like that was when Zool... It does. It actually kind of does look like... Seriously. Like the, the end of Ghostbusters. Seriously. Put the... What was it, the Empire State Building? Put that underneath there, and I'm telling you, it's a scene out of Ghostbusters. 
I saw people taking pictures of it from Shawnee. You could see it from Shawnee. Okay, so let's just... McLeod. People were taking pictures from all over. So apparently this thing was visible from lots of different places. Oh, yeah. It's ominous looking. It is ominous looking. But according to the to the weather service, it's it wasn't the end of the world. But it's like, not common either. You gotta think though, if you if you're just having your cup of coffee or whatever, looking out over the the skyline, yeah. and you see what looks like a mushroom cloud, you and the way it's lit, you know, like the way the sun's hitting oh, yeah. it, it looks like it's uh, made out of fire. It really does. But again, I, I always go back to, I, it immediately gave me Ghostbuster vibes. Uh, I was waiting to see like the freaking Stay Puff Marshmallow Man walking across the interstate, Zool and the, the gatekeeper and the key master and everybody, the whole gang was. <laughs> well, the gang in question in this particular news story was hailstones measuring two inches across, right. heavy rain. Uh, so not quite the not, paranormal well, or end right. of the world. But uh, not dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. It's one of those things. You <laughs> never know what you're going to come across in Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, show them the Twinkie. I remember that too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, only, it's definitely an only an okay exclusive. So I'll include a link to the story in republicworld.com uh, in the show notes. Check it out. The pictures are cool. If you didn't get a chance to actually see this happen, the pictures are really cool, worth a visit. Yeah, one in three people took a picture, posted a picture, shared a picture of this thing. But I'll tell you what else. Pictures, a picture's worth a thousand words, but it's also worth five million views. Can we talk about pictures of pictures for a moment? <laughs> yes, we had quite, we, we've had an amazing month. Over here at the Only an OK Show on our Facebook page. Viral. Our total reach for this month, 5,092,000 people have seen something that we've from got. the Only an OK Show on Facebook. And we are, uh, we are quickly approaching and maybe by the, by the, and maybe by the time this episode drops, we will be at 12,000 followers. It's weird because I think it was just a couple of weeks ago. We were bragging about 10. We were bragging about 10,000. And then we just kind of slept through 11. <laughs> because it happened so fast. It, it's weird how, it's weird how the internet works. It works how weird. people on the internet work. Like what gets people fired up and. You know, they say the Lord works in mysterious ways, but. Can we talk about the internet? I don't I don't understand how the internet works. I don't either. But if you have some idea of how the internet works, mm -hmm. or you have some cool pictures of Oklahoma to share, or if you've got suggestions for our show, the best way to do that is to send us an email. Yeah. Only an okay show at gmail.com. Absolutely. Or if you've got a review for us, you know how to do it. You it, we live in a review generation. Give us a review. We'd love to hear what you have to say. But hey, Folks, we're getting spooky with it around here. Na 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 na. You know what I mean? Getting spooky with it. Na na na. You know what I mean? You feel it? You're feeling it in the air, even though it's 80 degrees outside. We're trying to crank up the spook factor, so maybe it'll we can adjust the thermostat. But it is. What are we calling it now? Oklatober. It is Oklatober. Plenty of spooktacular stuff headed your way. Stay tuned. 
This has been the Only in OK Show. I'm Brett. And I'm Harley. And we're out of here. Peace. You know, I always say, it's not how hard you get hit, but how quick you get back up. We're recording. Why are you so serious? Um, because we, dude, you literally just came out and told me. We need to get this done. Well, I know, but you're like, um, okay, are we recording now? I mean, come on, have some fun. Okay. <laughs> are we recording now? <laughs> yeah, we are. We're recording and it's so much fun. All right, great. Dude, guess what I did? I pushed the red button to record. Oh my god, we're on the internet! Well, let's have some fun and talk about some spooky... Tell us more, Miss Terry. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, we do really well with the Kiwis in New Zealand, so... And welcome to the show, we've written... Three, two, one. Okay, I was literally doing it. Three, two, one. You didn't say it. Three, two, one. And welcome to the show. We're rekindling something we did many moons ago that we to- we we coined it as Oddtober because we did travel oddities. We're doing it a little bit different now. I think it's what is Oaky Spooktacular Oklatober Oklatober. We could do Oklatober. I think that's what we've done. Well, the the reign of terror continues <laughs> via via transcript. Three, two, one. Well, the spooky tradition continues with the Only an OK Show, and this time, well, no, let me start over. Three, two, one.